I have a chance to share something truly personal with you. And this is one of those episodes. Prior to purchasing Symantle with my business partners, I really reflected on what I wanted to do with my career long-term. There was a piece of me that had aspirations to support other leaders in similar ways that I do at Symantle, but also pretty differently. So I started on a three-year journey to figure out what I uniquely offered the world. I hired a book coach who introduced me to a brand coach, and their names were Brian Wish and Rich Keller. Brian is the CEO of a personal branding agency called BW Missions. A self-proclaimed pathfinder in his own right, Brian helps people like me, experts in a certain field, that maybe want to become a thought leader in more. He helps his clients with content, websites, and even PR, helping them be featured in areas like Forbes, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and more. Similarly, Rich is a self-proclaimed catalyst, a proven disruptive thinker with a unique skill set blending emotional brand building, financial acumen, and motivational leadership. With over 20 years of experience building identities for some of the world's most iconic consumer brands like Godiva Chocolate, Chips Ahoy Cookies, and Planner's Peanuts, Rich now travels the country as a keynote motivational speaker, coach, and consultant, inspiring young adults and entrepreneurs to use his SCORE methodology to define their one word of value to bring to the world. In this episode, you'll learn about Brian and Rich's partnership, their philosophies, and even some of their insights on me and my unique value in the world. They have truly been both pathfinders and catalysts in my life. And for anyone out there on a similar journey, trying to figure out who you are, how to love yourself for who you are, and how to monetize your value, I'm certain you're going to take something from this discussion. My friends, Brian Wish and Rich Keller, my personal brand coaches. I would love to talk a little bit about how I met you guys, actually. Brian, I think I met you first through my book coach, Genevieve, and she recommended that you guys do awesome work on the personal branding side. So maybe I'll start with you. Introduce a little bit about who you are and kind of a little bit about your organization. Sure. Thanks, Misty. I just have to say that when Genevieve and I spoke and then we spoke, Misty, I just had a sixth sense that you needed to meet Rich. Okay. And it was probably too early to really dive into, I think, some of the things Genevieve recommended. Sure. So to say, considering what we just went through and where we arrived and the synchronicity of, <laughs> of everything, it's a little chilling. It well, I, I would say the same, though, Brian. When I first met you, I knew in a heartbeat that you were going to be one of my people. The kinds oh. of questions that you asked me and you you sort of like knew the journey that I was on without me having to say much. So you're a big reason why this partnership even happened. So I, again, I'd love for people to know a little bit about you and BW Missions and why you knew this was the kind of work you wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share. My name is Brian Wish. As Rich would say, I'm a pathfinder. I, I'm starting to own the word a bit. It's really embedded in the DNA of our company. I'm really big on helping people understand their story and share it and really do it for individuals and really create something very meaningful, measurable, impactful. Uh, so clients can really live their truth with such meaningful fulfillment every day. And I'm so excited about what we're doing and how we're doing it and why right. we're doing it. Well, you're doing awesome work. It has been an incredible journey to this friendship that Brian and I have. When I see someone that has 
incredible potential. I'm 54. When I see young entrepreneurs with incredible potential, I offered Brian my program complimentary because I saw something in him that he didn't see. And that was my way of getting him to try and do my program. Yeah. Because I felt like that would be the easiest way to show him the magic that I can uncover from him as a pathfinder. And that's really what I do. I find people out there in the generation of my children that I think have potential and try to lift them while I'm climbing. And that was what I saw. And that is what I saw in Brian. And I just saw something and said, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get him into my world. Well, you have been such a blessing to both Brian and I. We talk all the time about how you're kind of a second father to us and we love that. And you are helping us along our way. Rich, let's back up. And why don't you talk a little bit about your personal and professional journey? Yeah. So I like to start by telling people that I grew up invisible when I was a kid. I grew up in a very challenged family. I was never good enough. I have an older brother and a twin sister. They were always smarter, stronger, more athletic than me. And I really grew up with this success is the best revenge mantra, and I was going to prove them wrong. And mm. as an example, you know, I, I graduated four out of 800 in my high school class. I went to Wharton. I ran the marathon. All those things that I wanted to show people that I'm alive. And I learned something along my journey, which was that I was letting what I do, the job titles, the medals, the, you know, the education, I was letting that define who I am in reality. When right. the truth is I wasn't happy because I didn't know who I was at my core. And so fast forward to 2011, my wife is diagnosed with advanced breast cancer. And I'm a cancer survivor as well. We were engaged when I had cancer. And I honestly thought my wife was going to die. And I had a breakdown. I had an absolute nervous breakdown and I decided to go into therapy, which I resisted for many years because I thought I was going to be a widower and that I was going to be raising two kids, nine and 12 at the time. And along that came my job loss. I lost a job at Godiva where I was working right after my wife finished her treatment. And along the journey of finding a new job, I had a recruiter literally tell me I wasn't getting a job I was qualified for because she said something to me that hit me like a ton of bricks. She said, you're a catalyst, Rich, and they're looking for a babysitter. And I didn't realize it at the time. It's around 2014 at this point. But my son had started to apply to college, and he had asked me to help him get ready for his alumni interviews. And I asked him one question that really changed my life. I said, tell me about yourself. Mm. And he couldn't answer the question. He kept telling me all the things he was doing, And I said to him, you don't know who you are. And he said, no, they don't teach us that in high school. And so I just started working with him and we, and I came up with his one word, you know, somebody told me I was a catalyst. Well, let me see what, you know, you are. And turns out he's a perseverer and he wrote this incredible essay to apply to college and he got into Cornell. And it was that moment when I started to realize that what I do for a living in my corporate brand marketing career for 25 years was take iconic brands like Oreo, Chips Ahoy, Planners, Peanuts, Godiva, like brands everybody knows. Sure. And I defined their identity in one word. And I realized, well, if people think like brands, like I've been starting to think like a brand, I'm a catalyst, my son to persevere, maybe I could help other people do that. And so one day I was at work, I was the head of marketing for a lingerie company, I literally quit on the spot. I had a moment. I turned 50. I said, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And I made an incredible deal with my CEO. I left on great terms. And I just decided at that point that I was going to go do two things. I was going to travel the country (laughs) pre-COVID and share the message, which I've shared with you, Misty and Brian, which is what you do is not who you are, but who you are drives what you do. 
And I led my whole life believing that what I did was who I was, titles, education, and so on. And then the second thing is, and this is the crazy idea that I built my business around, and I hope everybody listening to this feels inspired that they too can create a business. I'm going to transform a million lives one word at a time. I'm going to get a million entrepreneurs like yourself, Misty, to discover your one word because people buy human connection and they buy core value. And if you think like a brand, like all the brands I worked on, because people are brands, you will win that game. Well, I think your one word model is pretty impressive. I love that you have done that for both Brian and I and helped us define our core value and our promise to the universe. Brian, you've turned that into a business model through your agency, BW Missions. Talk a little bit about the services that you provide people there. Well, Missy, I'll kind of go back to how we got to the way in which we do content for clients, which I think you'll appreciate given your message. You know, out of college, I I had a pretty low point my, between my junior and senior year where I really kind of shook my life up for the first time, similar to how I'm doing now. And I came out of it after doing a lot of writing and really evolved in this like new form. And like a lot of my old friendships were different. Everything felt new and different. Like I just shed and let go of an old self. And so it was like through that, I created a platform called Wish Dish for people to share these really emotional stories about overcoming these like hard challenges and who they were. And I saw the power of connecting people. What I didn't understand was brand, which is why Rich's work was so pivotal because I was going after anyone and everyone. So what I was doing in a sense with Wishdish back then, plus all my other experiences really evolved and what has morphed into what BW Missions is today. And so what BW Missions has turned into is this morphing of all these experiences and then before I met Rich, I was launching a book for an author named Alan Gannett. So then I learned the PR and I learned the website of things and I just took those experiences. And I thought with BW Missions, we could really create all these services all under one roof to make it really easy for a client. So they have to go find five or six different vendors. But what's most important, right, is that thread line of having that message carried all the way through these services that we've created with, you know, from the heart, from past experiences. And so the clients really connected, like it's not a transactional uh, relationship, but what we're building with clients is a very emotional relationship because it's their life's work and we're helping them do that. They're usually in their 40s and 50s, some are in their 60s. We learn so much and our our team is so inspired and our clients let us do that. So services are the transactions, but they help our clients reach the milestones of their vision and we get to hold their hand as they walk towards their vision. And I think that's what's really special. The difference between a business and a brand is you. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I've learned. Branding is emotional and you need to bring yourself to the game. And so for me, when you take your story and your business venture and you marry it with your core value, that's where the winning brand comes in because we always say money follows value and I say money follows core value. Right. And what I think is really interesting, just to build on something Brian said, a lot of the clients come and they say, I have a book. I want to launch my book. And what I say to people is, your product isn't your brand. What's your message? And then they say, well, what do you mean by that? And so the point is that the first thing that we do, and we did this with you, Misty, is your story is going to morph out of message. And then the reason you can deliver that message is because you have this magic that people buy. And yes. so people will always say to me, 
but I don't want to be a brand and I don't want to be in the front of my brand. And I'm like, those days are over. People buy human connection. We're not here to sell products. We're here to sell core value and your products just drive that core value. Well, I want to ask you about that in a minute because I love your philosophies in that space about how you're just sort of one human and the world's going to find you. So you better know what you stand for. But want to connect the dots a little bit. So as we've mentioned, I was about ready to write a book. I had my book outlined. I had my book titled. I was ready to dig in. And then I thought, wait a minute, to Rich's point, what am I selling here, right? And so I think all of us as marketers who have this you know, desire to put our message out in the universe may be like, oh gosh, I need a Brian BW Missions type company because we have all this content to produce. And how am I going to manage my social image and my brand and my website? And Brian does those things. But I think, Rich, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your model for helping companies to find their core value and their purpose and their promise and all of that and how you've built a business that really supplements the activation that Brian's team provides at that very sort of vulnerable level that he talked about. Because it's not just producing stuff. Like you said, it's understanding the human and their value and their tone of voice and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to give an example because what I do as a catalyst is just disrupt the way you think, okay? And so I believe every brand has one core value that they give away to the world to improve the lives of others. Branding is about giving away your core value. Branding is not about you. It's about the audience. You are the guide. They are the hero, which is a really hard concept for a lot of people to understand because they go on social and they're like, well, it's all about me. I'm, I'm the one in the video. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You are the guide with a, telling the audience your message. So the example I want to give is Spanx. I love Sarah Blakely. It's so powerful what she built. She built a billion-dollar brand on a pair of underwear, okay? <laughs> now, I always give this example, and I want your listeners to hear this. If I call you up, Misty, and I said to you, I have a pair of underwear to sell you, Misty. It's beautiful. It's soft. I'm telling you when you wear it, you're just going to feel great. Right. And that underwear is $80, Chances are you're going to hang the phone up because nobody needs an $80 pair of underwear in their drawer. Sure. Okay. Sarah says, you know what? I'm going to win Misty over. I did it wrong. I'm going to call again and I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it as follows the right way. She says, Misty, I have confidence to sell you in the form of underwear. And I'm telling you, when you put this product on, you're going to rock it on stage and people are going to wonder what is going on with Misty Dykema. And that's 80. And that's $80. What you just bought was confidence. You didn't buy the product. And my philosophy is if you know as the human what you're selling, what that core value is, people buy with their heart. It's why we spend $800 on an iPhone because we're buying simplicity from Apple. We're not buying a phone. If I wanted a phone, I'd go to Walmart and buy a flip phone. What's important in my philosophy is that all branding is is an emotional identity. And so when people want to come to us or when they come to me and they say, I have a book and I have a, I have a pair of underwear or I have a gadget to sell, that's not what your brand is. That's the vehicle to deliver, in this case, the confidence with Sarah Blakely and her story of how she became confident in the clothing she wore. All she said is, I want you, the audience, to be just as confident as I am in what I wear. It takes a, like the client needs to be willing to commit to going through the mud of who they are. And, and I don't think that's easy. And that's not a process, you know, you think about you want to spend money on. But it's, again, it's the thing that's an investment in your future. And it's hard to quantify, especially at the beginning.
Well, I think all of us would love to know what our core value is. And as you were talking about that, Rich, I I think about the Simon Sinek model. You and I have talked about that, right? Like people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. But, you know, for a brand, that's hard. That's why brands hire agencies to help dig that out of them. But I think that's why humans like you and me need to go through that self-discovery process. And so, Brian, what does it look like to dig deeper? And what have you been learning more recently about the process? We really discovered, I would say, more of a professional focus, although the personal was infused into it. How do you become a whole person and bring your full self to to the game and belong and love and value yourself? Because it's not always incorporated on the professional side of things. You can really own yourself a little bit more deeply and then step into yourself with the brand that you're building. So it's been very, uh, you know, groundbreaking, at least for me. I truly believe in my heart in the transformative power of storytelling. And here's the example I want to give. When I quit my career, I decided I wanted to go do motivational speaking. I always wanted to be a talk show host as a kid. And when people introduce me, I do not like to be introduced as a motivational speaker. I like to be introduced as a catalyst who disrupts the way people think about themselves and I do speaking. My very first talk, I literally went on stage. I will never forget this. The audience I can tell was looking at me and they were saying, what is a white Jewish guy that doesn't look deformed, doesn't look challenged at all doing on this stage. And I can see the eyes rolling when I was at the college, okay? Oh, wow. When I was done with my talk, I literally had people raise their hand and go, whoa, I didn't realize that, wow, your story is incredible and you're doing X. And that was the moment I realized that if you don't bring yourself to the game, Yeah, the audience was like, what are you going to teach me? Like, you're over 50. What are you going to tell me? When I was done, they understood how I disrupted my own life as a catalyst, how I discovered who I am. And guess what the audience said? Well, maybe if I know who I am, I can have the same inspiring life that Rich has. And that is what I try to help clients such as, obviously, the two of you understand. Nobody cares about your product. Nobody cares about your book. And quite frankly, if you read the book and you don't tell them how you did it and how you can help them, they are going to put it back on the shelf and they're actually going to be annoyed at you because you didn't give them any value. And that's what I try to do. Yeah. Well, let's dig into me then as the example, because I I know you love examples, Rich, and I think that this will be very real because many of our listeners know me as a pure person. And so, like I mentioned, I was going to write a book, right? That would have been one of my products. You could even argue that Symantle, the company that I own and run, is one of my products, right? It's it's sort of an output of who I am as a person. So I appreciate that distinction, Brian, that you, you know, going through your professional journey only gets you so far unless you're really willing to peel back that under and look at who you are as a human. So, Rich, talk about how the very first step in your process is trying to get to one word that uniquely and succinctly summarizes someone's essence. Part of my process is the first part is a workbook. We get to your one word. It's nine questions. And then I do a series of exercises in the back of my mind. And when I got your book and everything you handed me, you were so consistent on what I believed your magic was. And you kept saying to me things like, you know, I'm extroverted and introverted. Like I need my moments in time. So don't tell me I'm going to be out there lighting the world on fire because I need that moment to be myself. I'm like, yep, 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 got it. And what came out of it, which is such a unique word, listeners, was the idea that you're a flywheel. I mean, it was just so 
obvious to me when you think about a flywheel, you're strong on the outside, you're powerful, solid, you're unbreakable, you push things, the stories you shared about your childhood, about building Samantle, you push with such great effort, you're persistent, you build on prior efforts, you're unstoppable. And when you look at that word flywheel, like I remember writing your analysis and I did yours a little uniquely where I took all of your situations, even the birth of your kids and how you wouldn't give up. And I showed you that you push, you push, you push, and then you get that momentum. And so what was amazing was that when you said to me, I extrovert and introvert, I said, yeah, because you got to come in and get your own push, get your own energy, and then you go out like a bat out of hell. And I remember (laughs) when I called Brian to tell him the word, I literally said, we got Misty. And I I was so excited because your husband said, no way. And what's, what's really important is that that part of my process is is the vault into the next four steps of my brand foundation. And you can't do a brand foundation in my philosophy without knowing what are you selling. People are buying your flywheel magic because they don't have the push, push, push momentum that they need. Okay. So once we uncovered that, and went through the analysis. And Misty, I, I felt that you felt it at that point. I like did. I, 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 knew, did. I knew that we were going to have some incredible work in the next steps that we did because I can tell in your heart, you were like, wow. People always say to me, where do you fit into the world of Simon Sinek? I get that question a lot. And for me, the first step in my process is we begin with the end. And the end is, what are you selling? And then we go back and we say, okay, I know what I'm going to sell. And then what we do is we define your purpose. I am very big on why are you getting up in the morning? If you get up in the morning to just drive revenue for your company, say goodbye to the generation that we're in because they do not want to know you. And so we work through this purpose of why. Then we define what gets in the way of your why. Because if something isn't in the way then we don't need you. The reason we need to know what's in the way, I call it the enemy, is because if you kill the enemy, then you diagnose the problem. And in diagnosing the problem, you now can promise a solution. And so when you and I did work together, it was so clear to me the one thing you do to get up in the morning. And I know we had to work through this. And this was was the reason why I love you. And I was going to work a million hours to get you there. You get up in the morning to help people find their self-love. Right. And and you, and I remember you saying to me, well, that's too simple. That doesn't sound ownable, but the purpose is not ownable. The promise is what is ownable. You help people find their path to self-love so they can live life on their own terms, which is what you do every day. Sure. And I remember you saying to me, I do remember one thing that I want your listeners to hear. I remember you saying to me, I don't compare myself to everyone. And I'm like, that's the reason why you can be a flywheel to the world and help people find that path to self-love because it's not about self-comparison. It's about compassion. Yeah. And I just felt like, and I still feel like to this day, This is so unique to you. And what you and I have worked together on and we're still working on is when you get to the promise stage, we know your core value, you've defined your purpose, you know what's in the way, your enemy, you now know the problem. The promise is what's ownable. And what you and I have uncovered is what we call the Misty effect, which I think (laughs) is brilliant, which I think is brilliant because that's what people want from you. They want to be like you. They can't be you and they don't know how to do it unless you 
give them your flywheel through your misty effect, which is what was sure. continuing to work on. Sure. Well, for anybody listening to Rich give this spiel, first of all, I just want to say how intrinsically valuable it was to go through this process and have somebody, not just Rich, but Brian too, reflecting on me and pouring through my words and pulling out things that they felt were consistent. And this idea of the push, push, push momentum has become a phrase that we use over and over and over again as as the way that I show up in the world, right? And it was the way that anybody that we asked about how they've interacted with me, everybody used that word, right? Of pushing and providing momentum. And so that has been very fulfilling. It's helped me understand myself better. And it's also helped me figure out how I can help other people do that through what Rich is dubbing the Misty Effect, but my own promise in the world that I'm starting to pilot. So I love that example because I think it helps people understand what you do, Rich. Brian, I'm interested in your perspective. So talk about the balance and what you guys bring to the table. Let's just say in every conversation is he can get to the essence and the like pure insight of something mm. in a way I have never seen. I can take that, that seed that's so clear and I can see how it can grow into a forest, Got right? I, I can work around it and build out, right? Somewhere like right. what we've done, like when, we, when I'm going back and forth on email with you or listening in conversations, it's like I can pull threads and see how they can connect and build further. And I think that's a special gift because not everyone yeah. can see a vision and then go execute it and make it happen time in and time out and then do it at scale like we're doing, right? But I could build a forest aimlessly without the right root structure. And I think Rich gives that root or that lens in which how the forest should be designed. Brian's being very humble here. So sure. I'm going I'm to add a little flavor. Okay. First of all, when you know your core value... I am a catalyst. I blow things up and then walk away and it's it simplified. And I love that I have the passion to know that about me. And that's why I'm so passionate about people like you, Misty and Brian. I saw the magic that you had as well. But what I will say is, Misty, you are talking to two of the most EQ-driven people in the world. And we're men and we're not, and most men are not vulnerable. Not everybody can be as deep as Brian and I, but if you help other people do that, game on. And that's why, to this day, we're committed to you, Misty, because we are living what we think you can go out and do in spades. Absolutely. I think that the universe has a way of bringing you to your people. And you guys are definitely my people because we're all on this journey together. Rich, I'd ask you to speak a little bit, and maybe Brian, you could tag on to this. Your philosophy, and you were just talking me through this the other day, that people are going to find you how they find you. And they're going to expect to see your essence in all the things that you produce, right? And so for anybody listening who wants to build their brand, help us parse that out a bit. Yeah. So I have a simple formula. And if anybody wants to grab a pen, this is the time to do it. (laughs) Your story plus your core value plus your business venture equals winning brand. Let me say it again. Your story plus your core value plus your business venture equals winning brand. And the way I break it down is as follows. If you just tell me your bio, I don't need to talk to you. I can go to LinkedIn and I can learn your bio. When you tell me what you sell and you add your core value, in this case, Flywheel, now you have a personal brand. Okay. Now you don't have to monetize that personal brand. In the beginning of my career, when I started my Act Two, I gave away a lot of my my services for free to build my reputation, sampling as I call it. Okay. Sure. But the minute that I realized that money follows catalyst is when I added my business venture. And now I have a winning 
brand. And the reason that I'm powerful on the idea that it's one and the same is because your winning brand is bringing yourself to the game, which is your business venture, by connecting your magic. And so the reason I say this is because today, 25 years ago, and I give this example, and this is hopefully a powerful example your listeners will really understand. 25 years ago, the CEO of Weight Watchers was able to go to her cabin in the Adirondacks, I'm making this up, and she could eat all the fettuccine Alfredo she wanted, okay? Come back to work Monday and everything's great. Today, she goes to a restaurant in New York and she puts on her Instagram story slurping that fettuccine Alfredo. Her brand is dead. Why? Because people are going to look at her and say, so you can eat a thousand points and I can't? That's branding. So at the end of the day, unfortunately and fortunately, the phone is great. I tell my kids this all the time. It's great to have a phone, but the downside is you are the brand. And what you need to do is when you marry your business venture, like Sarah did, like Howard Schultz did, over time, you can pull away when people start to see your business venture carrying your core value. And what I try to tell people today is, don't look at Sarah Blakely today. Go back to 20 years ago when she was in Neiman Marcus in front of her product, literally for months telling people about her brand. And then Oprah called and said, I want Sarah on my show. She didn't say I want that underwear on my show. (laughs) And that's why my philosophy of branding is one and the same, because anybody has to bring themselves to the game in order to win. And that's why the emotional identity comes from the person and it's married by your core value. Totally. And I can show almost feel myself when I am falling out of my flywheel ways for whatever reason, right? But when you're not showing up with that authentic core purpose, you don't feel as engaged. And what I'm excited about in my next step on my journey with you guys, Brian, is Brian has shared with me a roadmap that he wants to take me on to your point about being an activator. And if anybody follows Brian on LinkedIn, you'll see just how rich his content is. He definitely shares from the heart. He shares vulnerably what's on his mind. And so I'm excited to be able to bring my flywheel effect to market in that way. It's not something that's going to come naturally to me, which is why you guys have a guide. But I think that's where people fall down is, and and maybe where they get a little bit of fearful is, okay, even if I know who I am and I've had somebody help me figure that out, then how do I put that out in the universe in a way that feels authentic? And so Brian, talk a little bit about your workshop model and how you make sure that you understand the kinds of messages your clients want to send, and then you can help them put it out there in a tone of voice that sort of feels real. I think that when you go on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, wherever it might be, articles, you can tell the article, people who are writing from heart or the people who are, I'd say, writing more functionally just to put content because we're in the day and age of content creation. So what we have trained our content team to do and making sure we're asking the clients deep, insightful questions, right, that connect back to their brand, giving them the opportunity to share impactful moments, insightful moments, and really getting to the core of the insights and then extrapolating those insights and understanding, okay, who is the audience that I'm trying to engage? And then write with them in mind, but with the heart of the message. I want to make an impact. So I'm always thinking about the frame of mind of who I want to target and I can take the message that's in the heart and figure out how I kind of can string it to a specific group. My point is we ask the right questions. We understand how to thread the insights in a way that's going to impact a yeah. group of people. So it's really yeah. meaningful. Awesome. One of the things I think is really powerful about you is you bring your story to life through 
the problem that you're trying to communicate to your audience. For example, when you talked about the birth of your kids, it's not just to say, oh, had a hard time getting them here. That's not really the power. The power is in how you pushed. And when you're sharing that pushing, you're essentially telling people, you know what? I know how to do that in a way where I can help you find the ability to not compare yourself to others anymore and have compassion for yourself. And that is where you don't have to necessarily give them the bio of your story. You're showing it through the actions of your whole story. And that's what I think is a lot of our clients that we work with, they're almost like, what do you mean I have to bring myself to the game? Oh my God, that's scary. And I'm like, well, welcome to branding because in order to win in the world, you have to put yourself out there. And that's the transformation we try to get people like you to really see. It's not just about the business, it's about the brand and you're the brand. You know, you think I'd know that after doing this for 17 years? No, that's because okay. Because we talk to businesses about it all the time. It's about how you show up and it's those consistent interactions, right? It is about the value and aspirationally who you want to become, but then it's how people interact with you yeah. that helps bring your back to life. And that's where it leaves that emotional connection. But Ms. And I have to tell you, Rich, you ha- you've got me piloting my program now for the couple people. And it has been so validating, not only that this is the kind of work that I love to do in the sense of, you know, when they submit their story to me, just that light gets lit up inside me. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want to do. Missy, I'm smiling that. from the ear to ear right now. <laughs> The feedback I've been getting when I say, how did today go for you? If we, if we do a coaching session, for example, and the first sentence is, you're really good at this. I love it. Isn't that great to be able to like the people you want to serve say to you in return, like you're doing the things you're showing up in the way that you want to show up. And that's, and right. that's more meaningful than anything. What they're really saying is, I really value that flywheel impact that you're giving me. No, I'm sorry. I mean, that, you know, subliminally, but I also want to say one other thing, Misty, because you and I do the same. I spent 25 years working in the brand corporate world, but here's here's the power of why I'm so passionate about the human side of, of the brand. When I worked on brands like Chips Ahoy, when we film a commercial, we are looking for people equal to the demo of what we want to go sell our cookies to. So for example, when a mom is going, oh my God, I'm that mom. You're buying the mom to go buy the Chips Ahoy. You're not buying the product just for the product. You're saying, oh my God, maybe if I buy that product, I can be like her in the commercial. That's what I mean by people buy human connection. That's why advertising is so powerful. So it's just another way for me to show people in a roundabout way what all marketers are trying to do. But what we're really doing is we're buying the people that represent the story that we want to hear. Absolutely. You know, guys, we spent a lot of time today talking about me, but I I do want to ask each of you to give me the two-minute version of your other favorite client or a good example of somebody who's taken your work to heart. So, Brian, I'll have you go first. Tell me somebody who, if even if you could describe their word or what, what value they brought to market through, you know, their work with you guys. Sure. I think Brandon Green is a great example. Yeah, so Brandon built a very successful business. He built the whole Keller Williams Capital Properties. Wow. So 20 years, unbelievable, sold out, liquidated. And he kind of got to these crossroads of, okay, do I just want to go make more money pretty much, right? Or do I want to go take what I've learned and figure out how to help other people achieve wealth and the possibilities on their own terms? Right. When he first started working with us, you know, it was 
definitely a hesitation to do the work. It was the more functional. I want to get the website. I just want to get the content. He started the work. He not only went through the work, he said to Rich, and maybe Rich should say this, but he said, this is the best, one of the best investments I made in my life. Aww, right? That's awesome. And, and so we brought all the pieces together for him and are bringing the pieces together. Rich, why don't you take it from here? Because I think your perspective would be great. Yeah. So when I read Brandon's workbook, similar to you, Misty, I, I use both of you as examples very often. Brandon's an alchemist. Mm-hmm. And if you literally read the book, The Alchemist, mm-hmm. he is somebody that takes... He takes the ordinary and transforms it into the extraordinary. And it's interesting because when you read his story, no college degree and built an incredibly extraordinary life. And what I tried to make him understand is you can uncover possibilities and make them so. Everybody has possibilities and what they want. But if you make them so, you win right. the game. And what Brandon has done brilliantly is as an alchemist, He's helping you uncover possibilities and make them so by building wealth because that's what he came from in his world. And so he's all about, you got to understand and love the journey and the destination. And if you read his story, what you realize is the journey that he went on and the possibilities he created for his own life leaves the audience saying, well, you know what? If I build wealth, maybe I can do the same thing. I'm so proud of Brandon because what I love most is the people that don't want to do my work, which I totally respect. I mean, like one word, what the hell is one word going to (laughs) do? But when they turn around and they say, wow, you really helped me understand what I sell to the world. That's the magic. When you bring the emotional side of the game to your brand, that's not a destination. You got to work at it. You got to have that. It's like personal training your mind and you got to get up every day. It's not a functional game. And that's why people don't do the work and need somebody like you, Misty, to put them in the game so that they can mindset themselves to understand that it's a behavior I have to practice every day, like exercising. It is so true. I was on a long run yesterday and I was having a particularly hard day and I practiced that self-compassion and that self-kindness in my head. And it's when you can embrace it at that level for yourself that then you can teach other people to do the same. So You can't give away what you don't have and you're giving it away now because you know you have it. I love that. I do. And thanks to you guys for bringing that into light. I do want to end on maybe just some lessons learned. I just so appreciate both of you as individuals. I think you're amazing humans in your own right. So give us a a secret of success or a core truth that you've come to live by. Growing up, my mom always said in every crisis, there's an opportunity. I think it's on us as individuals to really dig through what those opportunities are and silver linings, or we self-medicate and run away from, (laughs) you know, the crisis And so, you know, and I think one path is much harder, but it's the more rewarding path and it's not always known. So, you know, I always try and keep that in the back of my head when there's more unknown than known. And it served me well. It's a courageous and brave journey, but it's one that I think is a quote worth living by. I love it. I couldn't agree with that more. Wow. Rich. So listen, listen, I have a very magical relationship with this gentleman, BW, that's on this podcast with us. And he has really taught me one important thing. I grew up, I hate to receive, I love to give. And I always fought that because people would say to me, you know, you're giving away so much. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? So here's what I've learned. The best gift you can ever give someone is your time. And the reason for that is because it's something I always say, servant leadership is a game changer. And it's about giving 
your time to someone else so that you can lift them up while you're rising. And Brian's the first person that has really helped me celebrate that because my whole job is to help this next generation reach their goals and dreams quicker than I did. And I told you in the beginning of this podcast, I gave Brian my program because I saw something and he's helped me celebrate that the time you give people is where you win the game in the end. And, you know, it's interesting. I have this nightmare very often and part of it is in the therapy that I'm in. I have a nightmare that no one's going to show up to my funeral because I grew up invisible and I was worthless. So why would you waste your time? But what I learned along the way and this is what therapy taught me, you get out what you put in. And so I put in the time to people because I know in the end now, now I'm pretty much over that nightmare, but there are moments I know that people are going to come to my funeral and speak the way that I am living now. And that's why I quit my career and doing what I'm doing. And it's the time I spend with people that, like yourself, Misty, you are so special that I will put in the time needed to help you win because... I believe in you. And that's my message. Well, you have done that in spades. I cannot thank you both enough for all you've done for me. Sincerely. You know, when I when I think about the investment I made in this process and I think back to literally the number of man hours you've had to put into this to read all the things, yeah. literally end to end, and spend the extra time with me, it really does make a difference. And I would recommend it to anybody out there listening. It's such a worthwhile process. Last question. What's a question you have for somebody else? Something we always do at the end of the show. What's something you're struggling with right now that you would love to get some answers on? Here's what I would say. How do we get people to consciously nurture their future selves on a daily basis versus doing it during a crisis moment in their lives? It's interesting. I think that we've had that conversation, haven't we, Rich? Sometimes we wait till we get to those crossroads before we ask ourselves the hard questions. And what's really interesting is that Nobody has a personal trainer out there for the mind. And that's why I say that. Why do we wait for those moments? I've lived my life through those. And now that's why I work with, I'm trying to work with the younger generation so that they nurture their future selves every single day. And I'm still struggling with trying to really understand why do we wait for that moment versus like we take care of ourselves exercise wise. We put on the nicest clothes. We live in the nicest towns. Why are we not saying What's my life going to look like 20 years from now? And how do I maybe avoid some of the roadblocks that other people, like the sages in the world that I try to be, how do I listen to them more closely and take them for what they're trying to do, which is help me? So, yes. Oh, I love that question. I think that might be my favorite question this season. Oh, thank you. I'm going to, at the end of this season, post our answers to all the interesting and difficult questions we've been given. So I'll pass that on. And I would say to your listeners, buckle up, Misty, because we haven't even, (laughs) we're going to go into a whole new phase right now. I know. But I I hope that you begin to internalize, as Simon Cowell has said many times on American Idol, some people just have the it factor. (laughs) You really do have it. And I'm actually so inspired and grateful that you chose me to help you with that. That's how I feel. I feel like I'm I'm the luckier one. So thank you. Absolutely. And I can't wait to share more of my story. I think people don't know a lot as much as you know now, Rich, about my background and how I I got to where I am. So maybe a future iteration of the podcast, which you will help me create, can do more of that. You're the best. I know it won't be long before I chat with you again, but thanks for doing the show. You bet. Thanks for having me. You're, You're awesome. Flywheel.
I listened back to this episode, one core truth stood out to me. And that is that on the journey of personal branding, looking within on a career perspective only goes so far. You have to look deeper into your personal story. And these two guys have clearly done that and are now helping me to do so as well so that I can help others do the same. If you think about it, it's no different than what we do as marketers, helping brands every day. But on a personal level, it can be scarier as it requires us to show up as our whole selves and be willing to look within. If you're interested in learning more about Brian, you can find him at bwmissions.com. Or if you want to connect with Rich, you can find him at therichkeller.com. Or just contact me and I'll connect you to both. Once again, thank you for listening to Marketing Sweats. You can download all episodes at marketingsweats.com or subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. As always, we're seeking feedback. So leave us a review or send me a message. Talk soon, marketers.